Hello, and welcome to another episode of Osborne Clark's Consumer Briefings podcast. And today, about New Directive 2018-89, which is about representative actions for the protection of the collective interests of consumers. So, quick introduction. Uh, I'm Tom Harding. I'm a partner here at OC, and I specialise in e-commerce regulation and consumer law. And I'm delighted to be joined by Anna Ruvinkel and Katrina Anderson from our German and London offices. And they both specialise in consumer and e-commerce law too. So, the backdrop to this, what we're talking about. So, yes, yeah, directive on collective actions for consumers. And it was the 30th of June that the EU published its long-awaited draft proposal, uh, which really is going to sort of modernise the existing collective redress mechanism available for breaches of consumer law. So, Katrina, um, can you tell us a little bit about how the new directive can, uh, is going to change the existing regime that already exists? Of course. Well, I mean, as you've already mentioned, there is an existing mm. regime for collective actions under consumer law. But at the moment, the underlying directive actually only says that member states have to allow remedies which we would call, at least in England, equitable remedies. So things like specific performance requiring a company to do something or an injunction to stop something. They don't have to allow any kind of financial compensation to those consumers. And the big change with the new directive is that each member state actually has to allow some kind of financial remedy for consumers. So it means that we're going to move away from the current patchwork where some member states like um, England do, do allow for some kind of financial um, compensation and others like Germany generally don't. And we're going to have a situation in the future where across the EU, financial compensation is um, allowed and is required that the member states provide this. And this could take a number of forms. So it could be um, a requirement to provide a repair or companies might have to replace items or give a price reduction or just straight compensation. The good news from the point of view of the companies is this is going to be limited to situations where there's actual harm. So it's not going to be a matter that claims can be brought for technical breaches of consumer law. It, there will need to be some kind of harm or loss to consumers. But even though this directive will be harmonising things in some ways, there will still be a bit of a patchwork because the new directive has left it open whether we will have opt-in or opt-out collective actions. And it's up to the member state. And obviously in those member states where they allow an opt-out mechanism, i.e. consumers have to actively say, I don't want to be part of it, the financial consequences to companies will be much more significant because the classes will typically be much, much larger as a result. The other change that we should really note is the scope of the legislation. The old directive was quite a tight scope. It was just about what you would call core consumer law. It was 16 bits of legislation. This has been massively widened. Now we've got 67 bits of legislation. So it's not just the heart of consumer law. It's also um, legislation that covers financial services. Um, it covers passenger protection, product safety, and also gives a new remedy for breaches of GDPR. And the EU has even left the door open to adding new bits of legislation to the list as its um, body of law evolves. Interesting. I oh, thank you. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the implications of this are 
really pretty far reaching actually for you know businesses that manufacture consumer products or sell directly to consumers um, and obviously it sounds like it, that could get uh, that risk could increase over time as sort of new uh, categories are in- included um, I mean on the face of it I suppose it sort of creates US style class actions although you know I'm aware that obviously the EU was particularly keen to avoid sort of vexatious consumer class action type type litigation so I mean Anna, could you get, tell us a bit more about how the EU sort of intends to avoid this? Of course. Um, under the existing directive, only qualifying entities may bring collective actions. This includes public bodies, but also consumer protection organizations. In Germany, even chambers of industry and commerce. This continues to be the case, but to ensure transparency, the EU has created criteria for consumer groups who wish to be qualifying entities. These are the following... They have to be properly constituted and demonstrate at least 12 months of actual public activity in the field of consumer protections. They further have to have a legitimate interest in protecting consumer interests as provided by union law. They have to be non-profit making and they have to be independent and not influenced by persons other than consumers, of course, who have an economic interest in the bringing of any representative actions. And they have to have established procedures preventing such influence. And finally, they have to publicly disclose, in particular on their website, in plain language, any information demonstrating compliance with the qualifying criteria and information about the sources of their funding in general, its organizational management and membership structure, objectives and activities. This will likely bring some comfort to business, as in some member states, the list of qualifying entities is rather long. However, this will most likely not be the case for Germany. Rather, the long list of 78 qualifying entities will remain. Because even now, there are similar criteria with regard to the qualifying entities, such as one-year existence, the assured assumption based on their past activities that they will continue to perform their statutory tasks effectively and appropriately in the future, and that the activities of the association may not be carried out on a commercial basis. Fantastic. Thank you. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you know, clearly this directive is introducing a lot of new litigation risk for sort of consumer-facing companies, be them manufacturers or B2C sellers. And obviously that's got to be taken into account when considering, you know, the risk of non-compliance with consumer law. In some ways, it's sort of a double risk because it it equally goes hand in hand with the Omnibus Directive, which is coming in and introducing sort of 4% style GDPR fines. So, yeah, the sort of the risk landscape is changing quite rapidly. Um, in terms of next steps, so the directive is um, it's in draft form, but I mean, to be honest, we don't really expect it to change substantially, and we envisage it to come into force towards the end of 2022. We'll obviously be keeping a close eye on developments, though, uh, with this proposal and all the other sort of upcoming areas of consumer law and the changes down the tracks for those. Um, and we'll keep you up to date in our podcast series and also on our dedicated New Deal for Consumers area on the Obsport & Clark website. So thanks very much. Thanks for listening. Hope it's useful and uh, see you on the next podcast.